Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out Is there anything more useless than people talking about sports? I mean, it's just an utterly useless activity. It's now, absolutely it's, it's pointless. Fun. It's fun if you're. you're it's entertaining. It's fun yes, with your friends, but it has no bearing on what happens. Half the time they're wrong about what's going to happen. Most of the time they're wrong about what's going to happen. It's just funny how much time we spend talking about it and how much how big of an audience of that there is yeah it's crazy yeah i must say i love certain podcasts about sports i mean i i listen to those primarily um it's a lot of bill simmons a lot of like, other well, podcasts I, but i don't mean this in a judgmental way but like what do you get out of it just entertainment just a way to because i listen to it while i work so it's it's just a way to pass the time it's it's something going on oh, so you do it while you work not yeah it's a conversation that people are having i can just listen into Okay. I, and pick and choose when I actually listen. You're not you know, setting I, time aside to do it. No, I'm not sitting down and lighting a candle and being like, ooh, I'm putting Well, on no, that it's anything about candles. You don't have to patronize my question. <laughs> I'm just asking you about, like, when do you, do you ever light candles for anything, Neil? Um, after I take a shit. Oh, my God. After Josh takes a yeah, shit, you have to light a candle. Think, after Josh takes a shit at your house, just burn the whole bathroom down. No. You better have some poopery in there if you don't have a candle. Did you um, say poop-pourri? Well, poopery? Poopery. You've never yeah, seen that man. stuff? It's poopery. No, it's no, no, no. There's well, a there's specific poopery. brand called poopery. Oh, my God. Sponsorship. Oh, uh, yeah. Poopery. <laughs> poopery. Holla back. That is terrible. Um, they, <laughs> yeah. Now, what I would say is the sports stuff, like, there's a, I listen, like, there's a Mississippi sports broadcaster that I listen to, and it's basically just to, <laughs> it's just for me to get a taste of Mississippi in the mornings, and yes, I listen to it when I'm, like, driving to work or, or at work walking around or whatever uh, but you don't the guy's listen to super music? arrogant i listen to music i listen to music too during the day i mean but like in the morning i'm usually not i don't want to listen to music in the morning i kind of like it more in the afternoons um but i will <laughs> a little like, afternoon I'll delight listen, there I, the, pretty much in the mornings i listen to the daily and then i listen to this mississippi sports broadcaster who's super arrogant it's super like has the worst nicknames for people. No, no, no. I I, st- I can do fine bomb sometimes, but not. He's an afternoon guy as well. So this is your go-to. My main thing with sports is interviews because, like you said, Jonathan, there is no. It's pointless to listen to people argue argue about sports. Like, yeah, if I'm sitting at work and I'm bored and I just am mindlessly doing something and just whatever, I don't have to pay attention to something. Great, but. Sometimes, like sometimes they'll interview people about like what's going on, what's happening this week, especially if you like to gamble, which I do then you can you listen to stuff like that. What's going on this week? Uh, we're trying to score more points than the other team. Next question. You, t- you talking about practice? <laughs> you talking about practice. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Score more points than the other team. To tie this sports into music, if you were a pitcher, a boxer, a batter, if you had a walk-up song, what would be your – if you were coming out of the coming, – coming into the ring, what's your walk-up song? Yeah, oh, there's a couple different ways. If if I just want to, there's a couple different ways to approach it. Like if I just wanted to go, like, what I would really, it, it, okay, if I was like, 
It depends how good I am. If I'm like a mediocre boxer, I would go with something like <laughs> like a really hard and tough, like you know, like crazy trainer or something. But I was yeah trying to intimidate. But if I was a real badass like Tyson, I would come out with John Lennon's mother. Mother, you had me, but I didn't have you. Where it's just like, this dude is psycho. Like, he is literally trying to kill me because he has mental trauma from his childhood. Yeah. Well, well, a good example of that was when Fury fought Wilder last year. He came in yeah. being carried as a king and had crazy playing by the, well, the Patsy Cline version and just blasting. My favorite part of the night was when he came out to that song and you're like, fuck, I made the wrong bet. <laughs> as soon as he came out of that song he's, You're like he's winning I saw one of his earlier fights And he came out to a Randy Travis song Like totally random Like I was like why are you listening to Randy Travis in England In a boxing match It's still the funniest though walkout from, from like culture is on the Simpsons When he fought the heavyweight championship And he came out to why can't we be friends <laughs> Dredrick Tatum He fights Dredrick Tatum yeah, he's Dr. Tatum, and he walked out to walk out with me, friends. I do remember that. Now, now oh, here, here's – okay, so if I was boxing, like if I wanted something like more recent, if I wanted to like be like, here, I'm cool, like I would go cage the elephant, uh, broken boy. Um, it's, it's a little frenetic. It's kind of crazy. If I was like wanted to just get out there, I'd go Link Ray, Fire and Brimstone. Just be like, this guy's got the power of God on his side. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to say, your body is a wonderland. <laughs> Fuck you. That would that would be a mind. That would be a mind It's tough when you think about good songs to walk out to compared to what you'd actually agree to walk out to. You know what I mean? I feel like it would take me a while to to zero in on exactly what I wanted, but I think a, a safe choice and a good one would be Sweet Emotion. Yeah. Like just the bone. Like it's just for, a, it's a for great baseball. intro. For baseball, I think it'd be good. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. I mean, when the levee breaks is great with that harmonica. It's it's pretty menacing. Baseball would be different though. Like, uh, there, and, and it'd be different if I was co- okay. Okay, I think if it was boxing, has anyone come out to money before? <laughs> I don't. That'd be a great so. call though. That'd be that'd be pretty sweet. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just so transparent. For Floyd so. Mayweather would be good. That's why we're all here. Oh yeah, for yeah. Floyd Mayweather, just pink Floyd Mayweather money. <laughs> Or money, money Mayweather. Oh, oh no, I meant money because he's all like money. Pink Floyd, money Mayweather. Weird. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say it was cool in that movie, um, Major League, when, when Charlie Sheen comes out the wild thing. Yeah. Because he's like definitely so out of control. Well, so I would, I would definitely yeah. if out of the bullpen, it would be, it would be War Pigs. Um, I think a good one would be Can't You Hear Me Knocking if Scorsese didn't already ruin it. I love, I love how you guys are both trying to make a baseball game even longer than it already is. <laughs> but you're only getting a certain. You're only getting yeah, the but walk. those songs, those songs are. But you got to find the right segments of those songs. Those songs are slow builds. That's where it's like, do you just do you pick something with a great intro, or do you tell the person I want it to start or, at, or you just one fifteen, or you just <laughs> yeah. go straight Kenny Powers and do going down. Oh, yes. if I was a pitcher, that would be a good yeah. move. Like I think, depending on the game, I would change. <laughs> you know, everyone's. If I was playing a shit team, just be. But I don't know. Yeah. Going down. If I was coming up to bat, though, whoa, yeah. easy with the mouth guitar. <laughs> I would go Hog Frog by uh, Cray Fox would be my batter. What? It's, I don't know this song. It's an old like '70s funk, country funk song. It's great. I love it so much. But I mean, some of the my... early Public Enemy stuff would be cool too. Well, yeah, I mean, there'd be good, there'd be good, hilarious things like Careless Whisper with the saxophone would be great, great to come out to. <laughs> Oh my god! You'd have to be so good. You have to be so good to do that. 
<laughs> You'd have to be just the best, like Hall of Fame level. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Speaking of Hall of Fame level, we would be remiss not to mention that Phil Spector died this week, I guess. <laughs> I mean, he... Speaking of home run records, <laughs> Phil Spector died this week. <laughs> you know, there was a so I saw something where some one of the like New York papers had talented but flawed record producer Phil Spector dies at 81. It's like, so I guess flawed equals murdered someone. <laughs> murdering right. someone is just a flaw <laughs> at this point. Talented but murderous. He did basically create a sound in the early 60s that reverberates yeah. today in popular music. So you got to Yeah. Got to give him a shout and he out. And did, he did so much good stuff. I mean, my favorite is his Ronette stuff. Yeah, that's so like cool. Be My Baby and just what he did with that Christmas album, the Christmas gift stuff sounds My so favorite good. is the strings uh, he put on Long and Winding Road on Let It Be. <laughs> Makes it even longer and windier. Well, listen, he produced the song Let It Be, so I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's definitely talented, but he, I don't know, it would just suck to do all that great stuff and then blow it at the end. <laughs> literally like literally like you want to fail early on and then you just want to peak you want to go out on a high note like not you don't want to be remembered out. for murdering someone and then your wigs <laughs> and on that note you are listening to pod gave rock and roll to you and this week we will be discussing a great song from the early 1970s uh, by sir rod stewart and the song is maggie may Wake up, Maggie, I think I got something to say to you. It's late September. I'm here to talk about one of my favorite songs. And I'll say songs. That's not truly accurate. I don't know if, if just as a song on its own merits, like anyone playing this song, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite pieces of music. But this arrangement, the vibe, the uh, Rod Stewart, the instrumentation, the swing. It's just one of my favorite songs, pieces of music recordings that I've heard. And I just wanted uh, to give folks a reason to listen to it and uh, hopefully experience it the same way I do. I'm not sure exactly when I heard this song. Um, I always listened to what my mom and older sisters uh, were listening to, but I was aware of it at a pretty young age. I mean, I remember in a, uh, probably ninth or 10th grade, I had th this CD and my <laughs> high school, my high school teacher would be borrowing my CDs to copy them because I had this and Sam Cooke. I was listening to all this stuff. So I've, it's been like, I've had it and been aware of it by choice since probably like ninth or 10th grade. So I was 15, 16. Yeah. I, I, I'm almost positive that the, my first, the first time I heard this song, the first time it came into my consciousness was the, when he released that unplugged album that was so big. Yeah. Like, is it on there? Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh my. Oh my goodness. It sure is. And it's probably because like my mom and my mom probably used to listen to it all the time. My dad too, um, and my sister loves Rod Stewart. But everybody's then, sister loves Rod Stewart, Josh. That, <laughs> my sisters do. That is uh, that is a true statement. If everyone was said, uh, you know, it, it's one of those tunes like that I've heard so much though. You know, it's almost become background. It's not something I seek out, but it's also not something that I'm going to change the channel, really. You know, I mean, I think the the most impressive thing to me, you know, diving into this is that even without a traditional chorus, it is 
such a good sing-along. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard not yeah. to love this song. Yeah, all that segues into what I was gonna say. Um, it's just it's so classic. It's I can't remember when I first heard it because it's like in my life it's always been around. It's one of those songs that's just always been around. I also feel like it's kind of taken for granted because you've heard it so much. It's one of those songs you're like ah I can take it or leave it just because it's so damn good. And even people who don't know they love it, they probably still know all the lyrics. You know what I mean? They're like, what song? You're like, oh yeah, this one that I know all the lyrics to. But I think one of the strongest bits about it is um, how right out of the gates, like that first chord just kind of punches you in the face. It's like, boom, boom, boom. This is the cocktail. Josh, you have a cocktail. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a glass of red wine. Neil, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Figueroa Mountain Hoppy Poppy IPA. I don't always do podcasts, but when I do, I like to drink Johnny Walker Platt. <laughs> um, so, okay. So for me, this song, man, it's like I was talking to my fiance. The way I would describe it, it feels like I am nostalgic for something that didn't even happen to me. It is like a romanticized dream of what love and romance and being young, but also being older and the complexities of life. And it just, every time it comes on, I'm just, it's like the perfect song to hear in a bar while I'm shooting pool with a fucking beer and just folks hanging out. Well, I, yeah, I agree with that. I think it's, it's kind of like a great muse song. Just a, it, it's about a specific older woman that he met, but the way the the way it hits you, it, it can be um, applied to any important relationship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you stole my heart, and that's what really hurts. Like that. There's so much in this song that's universal, even though it's very specific at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's universally it, specific. <laughs> it's universally Boom, specific. It there you go. This <laughs> is it. Universally <laughs> specific. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, no, it's, that's amazing. It's a paradox. It's paradoxical. No, but when I say it, it makes sense, right? It's, I, it says your eyes. It makes sense. Just me looking into your eyes, it makes sense. You don't even have to say it, Neil. <laughs> well, you don't even have okay. to say it. Your, 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 your eyes say everything. I hope our listeners can yeah. look um, as deeply into your eyes as I can at some point. Sorry. Well, I'm glad it translates over Skype. <laughs> You're speaking to me only with your eyes, as Robert Plant would say. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you guys. It, it really is just kind of... I almost think of it as like a, it's like a time life song. At this it point, is. A, it's where, literally, it like literally, it's not when, like it's literally a time life. It's literally this a is time, so like shit. It, when I think about it, I think about this is a part of the soundtrack of a lot of people. It's like lives. a far, it's like a Forrest Gump song. Mm-hmm. To enter yeah, that exactly, echelon, exactly. to enter that echelon yeah. is, is something, you know, to be like a soundtrack for everyone of that ilk. And, you know, some people after that, Try, trying to dismiss its significance. Yeah. Do you like it? Just point blank. I mean, I think, I think, I, but like, would you say, God, I fucking like this song. I love this song. It's cool. Whatever. Like, just what's your love it factor? I like the song more after listening to it all week. I will say that. I, but again, I don't think I ever disliked it, especially because as, as when I said the first kind of recollection of hearing this was from that unplugged album, which is a, it's a little cheesy yeah. of a version. Yeah, that, you know? Yes. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like you I heard that so much at a certain age. Then I was like, okay, and then kind of you, you, 
you, you kind of dismiss like the original one a little bit and like going back and revisiting I'm like oh yeah of course this is why this song is just a classic I think the reason why I forgot it was on that album is because I always skipped it because I was so excited <laughs> to hear it when I got it I'm like this fucking sucks oh you assholes skip this one but like the look the, the wow. look to find a reason to believe is good on there that, that that one is actually uh, better yeah, than exactly. the one on the album oh, yeah. that this is this is this exactly. is on the uh, story. What, what's it every called? Picture a story story. From, every picture tells a story. Every picture tells a story. Yeah. Yeah, and I have the utmost respect for this song. I can't say I think it's brilliant, but there's like still something holding it back from being on like just a great song to me. Well, let me say this, and and we can move into songwriting after this. But the thing that st- stands out to me. Is like like Neil, you said it can apply to you know it's a, it's like a muse and it can apply to certain like relationships on either side. It, it's very like the, if you read the lyric, it's not that straightforward. It's it's very con- it reads very confused, but it's so like every part around it is so beautiful and how it's like conveying that confusion. It it, it 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 that's what makes it universal for me. There's a saying that I had read somewhere that said, "We do not remember days." we remember moments and this song feels like a moment that without the context of the music, you don't have that visceral like feeling the feeling and you don't get it. But with the lyrics there, just giving the slightest bit of structure to it, it's like, Oh, this is everything. And the most, and like the most engaging aspect of the storytelling to me is that, um, I think you said earlier, Jonathan, like having a beer with your buddy. Like, I almost feel like he, he's not like a lot of songs. That you like the lyric is basically like a lament or like a re- the regret or looking at something back at something fondly or looking forward to something. This is like in the moment. It feels like he's sitting on the couch with his buddy or in a bar telling him this story that this is what's happening to him right now. And that's why I think it's a little confused and kind of a little all over the place. Like just well, lyrically. Well, we're confused where we're at. It's like, it's a, it, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he doesn't, he doesn't know what's there going go. on. I'll buy that. So he's I'll just like, and, and, no. and that's, the, that's the most engaging aspect to me of the storytelling. I really yes. enjoy that, that part of it. It's a good thing, bad thing. It's always like this push and pull the whole song. He's like, you stole my heart, but I couldn't leave you if I tried. Right. Cause that's how um, it is. You know, the, the morning sun really so shows your age, but that doesn't worry me. Cause you're everything, right? You know, it's like the morning sun when it's in your face really shows your age. But that don't worry me every every line is like, oh God, you're doing this terrible stuff to uh, my emotions, but I love you anyway. It's, it's the know? same as it's the same as um, you've really got a hold on me. It's that yeah, it's yeah. the yeah. same sentiment, it's, right? Yeah, and he's a massive R and B guy. This is essentially like English R and B. But of the art school, like it's not black folks in De- in Detroit; it's white kids in England loving that music, but then telling their vibes to it and with with different haircuts. <laughs> totally, totally different haircuts. Mods, bro. Mods. I think one thing about the songwriting, lyrically and musically, just how it works together, is that it doesn't really have a chorus. There's a part where the verse kind of gets more upbeat at the end. I mean, I guess, I don't know. Do you guys, can you guys find a chorus really? I feel like it's just like, no. a, well, as I said in the beginning, like there is no poem. traditional chorus. Yeah. Like as, as I said, that's what, so that, that was stuck out to me is like, it's such an easy song to sing along to because there is no chorus. It's all the chorus. <laughs> and I don't know if 
that has something to do with the way they wrote it? I don't think so. Well, it, because... You don't know if them having not having a chorus has something to do with how they wrote it? <laughs> well, well, yeah, because it's basically... So Rod Stewart said that you know he wrote this with Martin Quittenton. I guess that's how you say his name. So Quittenton was basically just playing some chords, kind of had this melodic arrangement and, and or you know had some a chord structure that Stewart liked. And he, um, he had a, a vocal arrangement or a, a chord arrangement that, you know, Stewart just kind of came up with a melody with and then and then eventually wrote the lyrics. Um, I actually didn't look at the chords for the song, so I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to say this without knowing I feel like we're meandering here. What's the point? I'm just, just to be clear, like, what is the point you're trying to make? It's almost, what do you call it? Is it a dirge? Like one of those, like, little... Like, like right. Like where you, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, it's almost like something without... Where it just can, kind of continues along the same line. Although there are plenty of chord well, changes in the no, song. I mean... But at the same time, at the end of every verse, he says, you stole my heart, and that's what really hurt, or you stole my soul, and that's a pain I well, can do without. So that's kind of, I mean... That's a tag. It's a tag, but it's the same. It, it, it's, it repeats. like a, it, it functions as a chorus. I mean, not really. I'm just, I'm, I'm just pointing out that at least there is something that ties it all together. It's not like a Dylan just ramble. You know what it's kind of like? It's almost like Chuck Berry in the sense that the vibe... Is the thing, the rhythm, the boom, 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 like that. It's just that. It's just the goddamn swing of the song is so good. So, so well, you think the catchiness has more to do with the music just, than it? Yeah, I think that's the be songwriting. I, I think the songwriting is good. I think I think uh, Rod Stewart's performance is even better, and I think the rhythm and the overall arrangement just. Uh, I think it's a solidly written song. I think it's cool, but it could this could stumble into a folk song if you weren't careful. It could stumble in all yeah, kinds of stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think it's just and, the sheer I, magnitude of the the rhythm. And I'll just point out real quick, you know, if you listen to the covers of this song, they're not great, which kind of le- leads you to the fact that, like, the songwriting isn't the thing about That's this right. song. It's what do we call that? We yeah, call it yeah. Hooters Takeout. Because <laughs> you missed the fucking point. It ain't about the lyrics. It ain't about the chord changes. It ain't about the melody. It's about the vibe. <laughs> well, and I, I think one of the, uh, the better parts of the song or what really kind of ties it together is just the end is such a passionate goodbye. You know what I mean? Like it's almost, yeah. it almost has like a really important end. You know, I wish I'd never seen your face. Like Favorite line. What's your favorite lyric? That one. I wish I'd never seen That's your face. That's a good one. <laughs> That's pretty good. One. It, but it also, but even in saying that it, it leaves, that's not a period. You know, like that's an ellipsis. It's still going on because he follows that up with "I'll get, I'll get him back." Well, because home he's still affected. Like yeah. he's still, right. he's yeah, still yeah. involved. Well, if you so, wish, you're actively wishing. That means that you're still affected. My favorite lyric is definitely the "You made a first class oh. fool out of me. I'm as blind as a fool can be. You stole my heart, but, but I love you anyway." Must, that's the thing that I always yeah. just remember about this song. I, well, lyrically, I kind of had a bit of a uh, realization listening to it today. Because the way it drops in on the boom, boom, Baker, Maggie, I think that bit. There's, but it starts with that kind of instrumental, like, sounds like Vivaldi or something, right? Like, it's all like. Yeah, like, yeah, which is, yeah. You're talking about the little mandolin That's such thing, a flex. Well, such a flex. Yeah. Just be oh, like, wait, yeah. wait. Well, let's clarify. Let's clarify. The because on the album, yeah, not, not the medieval business. Not that. You're talking about the, the single, single version. version. 
with just the mandolin yeah, part. Yeah, not but. the fucking dragon slayer part. The ding da ding ding. I love that. Ding, 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 a, ding, ding. No, no, we're talking about it's the. It's such a cool, like, it has nothing to do with the song, but they're just like, this is. No, I just want to be clear. Let's I, just play this. No, for... I'm talking about there's the one version that's like, it has a, an instrumental section on the beginning that's like nylon string. That's actually huh. called Henry. It actually has its own blah, name. Blah, I don't, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah. It's like very like mid. I don't. I didn't listen to that. You version. don't see it too often, but sometimes you will. But then there's the da 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 that part, that the intro. Yeah. So what I realized was, all the beginning, man. It's like that's like the dude's laying there, and that's like the sound of the morning. And then it comes in on bonk, bonk, wake up. If you say wake up, it means they're still yeah, in bed yeah. together. No, that, yeah. that makes sense. That's cool. And it's just like. So you're yeah. saying they're still asleep. Well, no, he's laying there thinking about it. And it's like everything's waking up. And he's like, all right, we got to talk. Yeah. Yeah, wake up, sense. wake up. We, we got to talk. I think and I got something to say what, to you. Exactly. I think, I think I got something. I think I do. Well, I'm, oh. this, and, and, and again, this song kind of approaches. It's not as specific as the Lightfoot tune we talked about. But this song, the first line. Is a, is a standout. Wake up, Maggie. I think I got something to say to you. You know this song by that first line, right? Like, I, w- I would say that's almost more than any other part of the song. That's that's the most popular yes. part of the I song. I think that's but where think it crystallizes, though. I think it's actually... I don't well, think it's the line. I think it's well, the vibe. Well, yeah, but it, well, we said oh. it's a Time Life clip. So what is the clip? If you're watching TV late at night and Time Life comes on, of what course, is it? But that's, that's, it's that drums... Right. But that's where it drops in. I don't think that's lyric but based. Is on my the the part for yeah, me that takes it out of the time life is the last verse. I love the steal my daddy's cue. You know, oh, make yeah. live it out of playing pool and yeah. or just help with the rock Buy and roll band rock because and roll. it's it's all so romantic. And then he's just like, let me talk about some dude stuff here. Maybe I'll go play pool or like just. Help. I don't need Maybe you I'll anyway. Just, I'll be a roadie right. or I'll just sing classic <laughs> rock and roll vocals. I, I'm gonna say as we move into the music that. I really have no problem with any <laughs> any instrument that's being played on this song. Like absolutely not. The guitar playing, the mandolin playing, the drums are so pronounced. Like the the sound of the drums is so pronounced. And my favorite, and I know this could kind of meld into production a little bit. One of my favorite things about the song is that when he starts singing, it's just drums and bass that you, and uh, under his amazing vocal. And like there's some accents on the guitar that are pretty faint. And then uh, when it comes into that Ron Wood, Ronnie Wood comes in with that guitar solo, which sounds great, that's when other instruments really kind of pick up in the yeah. mix. But it, it's just coming out of that mando and then the drums, bop, bop. It's so good. Bop, bop. I mean, the drums are just, bah, bah. And the thing is, in addition to all that, like rom- romanticism and effectiveness or whatnot, it's just fucking cool. Like you feel cool. Like it's cool. It's it's those things. The emotional content. It just feels like shit is happening in your life, and it's just one fucking thing after another. Yada yada. But it's but it's just. But you're just riding the wave of it all. But it also feels young. Yeah, it does. You know, like but it, not it, self-consciously. It young. That's quality. what I love about it. Yeah. It's not. Um, uh, we're young and free or whatever. It's like young people don't think they're young. You don't sit around thinking how young you are when yeah. you're like, like, you know. But it's still serious, but it, it but, it's young. Like, it's, it's youth. It's like that youthful But it's on, it's, a, it's accurate. And like I said, it's not self-consciously youthful because that is the thoughts of older folks. Something like, yeah. it's yeah. very like, it's experience. It's the beginning of experience. Yeah. I was very surprised, speaking to youth, how early this song was. I, I didn't know it was from 71 and... 
it was like right you know during the faces after the faces i mean i think it was still during when he did his own stuff but well musically this song is very i mean it sounds like an extension of the faces oh, basically yeah. right yeah and my favorite version is the top of the pops live version it sounds so good like I feel like everything but the drums is kind of just the music from the album, but you, you, you can tell Rod's singing his own version. Nice. It's great. Sometimes they'll do that. It's kind of it's kind of the official video. It's the VH1 classic version of uh, this song, you know. Well, you, you know the story of of the of why the drums sound like that, right? No. The, the, you guys, so basically, Mickey Waller is the drum player, and they, only, they had a day at the studio rented to do drums, and he forgot his cymbals. Really? So Rod Stewart was like, well, we can't waste a day at the studio, so just that play the drum awesome. part. And then later, he kind of low mix put in cymbals, like <laughs> overdub. And that's why you really only hear the the other drums on there. Yeah, Josh, earlier you mentioned the solo. It's it's so distinct. It almost sounds like a Stephen Stills kind of like yeah. bassy, kind of low tone yeah. solo. But the thing about the solo, I don't know if you guys have listened, the best lick of the whole thing is after the solo stops, that little, right? As the mandolin comes yeah. back in, like whatever he's doing to just kind of drift out of the solo, if you listen, it's so cool. When, when I, I know what part you're talking about. The and when the the guitar and mandolin kind of like give way to each other, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just yeah the transition, the transition, the of, transition is, is well so mandolin perfect. in that yeah. aspect How, in a rock band, but like in a mellow rock band, but still a swinging. It's very R and B, but still totally. like said English art school. This was, I think, the first rock hit with mandolin. Like it certainly was big and folk and country but nice. as far as rock and roll is concerned this is like one of the first time it was heavily featured in a, in a huge hit nice it's, i think it's probably still one of the best-selling kind of mandolin hits of all time which is kind of cool mm-hmm. you know yeah i mean what other songs can you really think of that are like super mandolin heavy Lose, you know? losing my religion. battle of evermore <laughs> that battle that one battle of evermore going to california i think has some yeah oh yeah for sure the other kind of instrument that you really don't notice until I think yeah, yeah all the other instruments kind of once that solo comes in then you start hearing the keyboard as well and when he comes back in singing now you have these little keyboard accents that are pretty prominent in the mix at the beginning and end of every line he's singing do you know what do you know what I'm talking about like uh, I think it's I suppose I think he, I think it starts with the I suppose I could collect my books there's just these nice little keyboard accents to that youthful energy again not self-conscious but like it right every little piece of instrument that you can hear is perfectly placed in this song at the right time just for clarity when i was talking about the whole self-conscious awareness of youth i was thinking of that tune that's like um we are young that set the world on fire or whatever no i like, always thought that i don't know who wrote this Tonight, yeah, are you yeah. talking about the <laughs> tonight? Yeah, that dude. We are. So when I heard that thong, song, <laughs> J- jump, 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 little children, or something uh, like that. Jump the children. Jump, something, jump. Something. Yeah, I don't know. Wrong. The song is actually "We Are Young" by the band Fun, 
featuring Janelle Monet. Anyway, point being, I heard that and I was like, those are not the thoughts of someone who was young. Because when I was yeah. 15, I didn't sit there think about how 15 I was. I'm do, and so if I'm so young right now. You always, in fact, you're always the oldest you've ever been. You always feel the mature. And what's funny is later on, I saw that guy talking in some interview. He's like, yeah, it's really funny. I wrote that song when I was like 34. And I'm like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because those are not the thoughts. When are you young? Right now. You know, to my dad. Well, you're always the oldest and the youngest you've ever exactly. been. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I, I do think. Just most of the time. The So, so <laughs> mu- musically. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So, so 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 musically, what is the what is the standout for, I'll for let you, you guys? guys? Go I got a I got a standout. Uh, that howl at the end, the falsetto. So yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I'm not going to attempt it. <laughs> which which he even said he did the, like the first playthrough when they were coming right. up with the melody. That's he amazing. just decided to keep it because oh, he probably wasn't yeah, even worried about it. He's just like fuck it. Yeah. How about you, Josh? Uh, I I have to say, you know, the, this is probably cliche, but the mandolin part is just so perfect oh, yeah. at, at the end. And and really, as it picks up from the guitar solo, as it picks up, it just that outro, like the out. You know, I always say I don't like outros, <laughs> but this this one is just like a it's freight no, train. Yeah. yeah, it's no running. patience. It's no patience, but it's a freight train. In it's, it's a own freight right. train, just like <laughs> running very, you know, not Casey Jones style. It's not. It's not. You know, running off the track. It's just, it's just smoothly on the, riding. On the, up, the mandal, you know, the delivering the part. goods. It's just delivering the goods the wherever it needs to go. Yeah. Mandolin from the mandolin solo, and the mandolin's really not a prominent part since you heard that little thing in the yep. beginning until the solo, until it kind of takes over from the guitar, and then it's in the song the rest of the way. And that whole part is just. As I said, a freight train that's just de- delivering the goods wherever it's going. Yeah, I would say, and it's kind of funny, man. My f- hands are my favorite. The thing that is just this song for me is the first, those two drum beats on the thump, thump, wake up, maggot eye. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, yeah. like, I don't know, but I've heard people, I've, I've heard people say that those two beats are like musically is what it feels like to do cocaine. I don't know what they really mean by that, but I've heard <laughs> people say that, that that's like the musical equivalent of, of cocaine. And you just, you just well, want to hear that the, all the time. When, 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 when I first, when I first, the first couple of listens this week, I was just like, God, the drum beats are just so, they just drop you like so quickly into the scenario exactly. in such a, in such a like firmly, but way. gently, <laughs> like, <laughs> gentle, so gentle, so firm. And, and you know, I, I do feel like we've kind of undercut just because you, it's probably a little underrated at this point how good his vocal is in this yeah. song. And just in general, his vocal, it, it, we haven't really talked about it at all. It's it almost like a given, right? So like we all know it's like yeah, a Rod Stewart. It sounds amazing. So it's like, what? It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's Rod Stewart. It's, it's going right, to sound amazing. You're right. Yeah, I mean, some people find Rod Stewart cheesy. They only know him from his 80s on... You know, but God, is he is just he's on the Mount Rushmore. I mean, maybe not Mount Rushmore, but he's wow. He's got a great voice. I have a great I have a great Rod Stewart uh, little little story. When when I was in film school, I took this class called the 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 Profane, where once a week we watched the like craziest movies that you can think of, like <laughs> you've told rape me about movie, this. rape movies and like 
uh, golden showers and stuff like that. In oh, school? Like yeah, dr- crazy drug movies and stuff. Say that. school. <laughs> What's the so, problem with liberal arts education, Josh? Right. <laughs> so to be clear about that. So... So the, we watched this one documentary, and it's done by, and like the voiceover was the guy. What was the show when we were younger? Like Caviar and Robin Leach. Dreams. I am Robin Leach. Yeah. Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Yeah. Lifestyles of Rich and Famous. Caviar and Dreams. He's doing this little voiceover, and he's like, in the early 80s was the was the top of the sleaze game, and no one did sleaze better than I've the king of that. sleaze himself, Sir Rod Stewart. <laughs> The clip, the clip from that is from the the music video for "If You Want My Body and You Think I'm Sexy," where like you see the woman's legs in the foreground and him just laying on his side with like his face on yeah, his. Yeah, it's fist it's like an Astro like, Glide commercial. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's so terrible. I think of that and it makes me laugh every time I think of it. It's it just the best. Jonathan, um, it did surprise me that you picked this song oh, yeah? out of all the Rod Stewart songs. Well, there's a lot of them, but this one's. There are. This one's uniquely this. I think this is, this gives, I think this yeah. song gives him identity the way the Stones have an identity, the way Zeppelin, the way the police, the way any great artist yeah, has totally, an identity. Totally. This, this more so than the faces, because that's more the faces, right? Yeah. And I don't want to yeah. go I mean, full Young Turks right out of the gate, but like, I, I would, but this, like, one, but this is started off. This started off. This is. But I, I would, I would have went with Ooh La La or Losing You. But those aren't, that's a, those are great. No, Those are faces. faces. Too. It's the faces. And they're great. Know, but it's, but the, yeah. they aren't. The Temptations were great doing, you know. Mm-hmm, and Ludala mm-hmm. is great, but like, this is just so uniquely. To me, this is, a, this is the song that defined Rod Stewart for me. Yeah, and this is kind of his movement from the. In the right. Again, this it is still him. sounds yeah. like a faces yeah. song. Yeah, totally. It's moving into his solo career. I guess, I know? guess, I just, I mean, Ulala is more important to me. Oh, really? As a song. Stay with me is more important to me, maybe. But not yeah. Say with me is credible. But uh, Lula, La, Rod Stewart didn't write Ooh La La. Yeah, he's not even singing it. Right. I think Ron Wood wrote that. I'm just saying, as far as a Rod Stewart vocal, that's what speaks to me. I don't think it's it him. Is. I think it's Ron Wood. And it is Ron Wood, and I think it's a Ron Lane song. Ronnie it's a Ronnie Lane. Lane song. Okay, okay. Someone pointed that. I didn't know that. Someone pointed that out to me a while back. Huh. That, that, right. Wow. Well, that that yeah. shits all over my point. That's all right. But to your point, that you just said <laughs> you like that song associated you, with him. Um, yeah, that, that's a Ronnie Lane, Ronnie Wood song. Yeah. Cool. Um, cool. Sorry. sorry. Well, then I'm losing yeah. you. I would have chose that. There. And 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 there again, <laughs> just for that's also a cover. Yeah, yeah. Under the covers, it would have been a great. Under it's the a covers. great tune, but like, yes. But my point is, this defines like this is like totally. Caravan no, I, I or Moon Dance or. Sympathy for the Devil, or it's like it's, and it's just such a unique space. Um, it, there's always a certain, there, what Rod Stewart does, I think, and that came with the faces and all that is, uh, there's so much soul, so much swing, so much sincerity, but there's always this playfulness where you, you can tell he's having fun. I saw a, yeah. a cool thing. He was on Conan O'Brien years ago, and Conan O'Brien was like, yeah, I remember one time I, he was like, I was somewhere, and you put up in a purple Lamborghini and got out. And I looked inside and he's like, there was shit everywhere in your car, man. You just had like wrappers of stuff everywhere. And it's just so cool. Like, you know, that's the Rod Stewart driving a purple Lamborghini with potato chip bags stuffed everywhere. (laughs) Just going back to when I said the, um, it feels like he's sitting in a bar telling his friend this story. Like, dude, I slept with this older woman. I'm in love. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I like. I should just, I should go back to school, this and that. But it's not like he's saying it in like a. It's not like he's sad about it. No. He's just like, listen, to this how crazy this is. Like this is. It's like your friend who tells you that crazy story that you're like, dude, 
that is insane. And he's just like, yeah, what are we doing later? Let's go to a party. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and one thing we, we, we should mention, though, is Rod Stewart produced this, this song. And that is fucking impressive. Is cool. Because as I've mentioned many times, I was just so surprised at how well this song is mixed and just how well he placed every little part in it. I mean, like, he built... He well, built producing this. and mixing aren't the same thing, just to be clear. Tr- true, but producing, like, he knew where he wanted He knew what he wanted in this, right, within right, the song. Exactly. And, and if you're self-producing, you know you're heavily involved. <laughs> yeah, you, right. you had a lot of hands in what was going on. Kind of goes along with the production. I can't believe this was a B-side. They almost left it off the album, and it was like, it's just such a classic song. It was his first solo artist hit, but it was a B-side. It was a B-side. Can you believe because that? it was five minutes and 41 seconds That's and doesn't have long, a chorus. Though. I mean, I guess back then, yeah, goes to show. You never know. Well, a DJ started playing it, and people started calling in and being like, I want to hear that one. And, and that's how it became famous. Now, just a quick fun fact about this song <laughs> is the... So the guy who plays the mandolin on this song, his name is Ray Jackson, and he was in a band called Lindisfarne. And, and I'm taking this from Song Facts. He, in 2003, he threatened legal action because he won't even write in credit for the song because he said, you know, which is quite, you know, questionable. I mean, he, he got paid and he signed a thing for work for hire and got paid. And then later yeah. he's like, oh, I, I, I did a big thing on here. <laughs> I, did, and, I did a pretty hey man, big thing on see here. See that big thing? <laughs> that big hey thing? The big thing's all me. <laughs> so, <laughs> but he also, but they said that um, on the album notes, the his he is credited as the mandolin was played by the mandolin the mandolin player in Lindisfarne. The name slips my mind. <laughs> Dicks. No, I mean I I read a different response from Stewart. Yeah, where he said, um, as is always the case in the studio, any musical contributions he may have made were fully paid for as work for hire. Thank you. <laughs> case closed. Well, he he did do the little yeah, totally, totally. I mean, but you know, which is a big part of the song. It is. He may have been told to play that, which which case a bunch of people could have done it. Doesn't mean he wrote it. And the person who pays for the studio wrote the song. Like, if you're paid, I don't know. It's like motherfucker. What does that paper say? It is. It's just. It's just part of the. It's part of the game. It's like what does the paper say? The paper you signed that says you give away all your rights, everything. And how many jobs did you get because you're like, hey, you know that song, May You May? That was me. Right. How many blowjobs? (laughs) (laughs) How many blowjobs? That was me on Um, Mando. Well, so I guess I guess we can can move over. I guess we can move under the uh, into under the influence real quick. Are we are we are we slipping under the influence or slipping under the covers? We're slipping under the like influence that. before we, we we slide under the covers. <laughs> slipping and um, sliding. <laughs> what do you guys got on influence? It, this is an extension of the faces, and like Jonathan kind of mentioned, it does remind me of some Zeppelin. Sure. Yeah. No, ma'am. This is like uh, for me. This is like um, this is like Love Is Strange or like the Ronettes or it's it's soul mm. with a little bit of country like like rock like chuck berry mixed in but it's to me it's very much like like phil specter era that era and that's what rod stewart was all about he was just want to be you know he was a soul singer and so but it's arranged with a from a white english 
university yeah. chap. In some ways, like I said, it was timeless. It kind of reminds me of almost American Pie, like just the youthful kind of kid. You know, it's just it's it's got oh. some classic lyrics to it. Um, I also like that it was based loosely on that old Liverpool song that the Beatles put on Let It Be. Oh, dirty Maggie May, they're taking her away. Like it was an old song about huh. a, a whore in Liverpool, um, and that, and that's Rod Stewart. When the guy started playing the chords. He was just riffing with Maggie May, oh, nice. this old kind of like folk song he knew, you know. So it's kind of cool. And this is also, you know, if you think about what it influenced, it's kind of more of a more badass version of like the kind of rock, like the rock scene in Los Angeles at the, Los Angeles at the time, or that would come, like you know, yeah. like in that. I- in the in the in in the seventies, like with the Eagles and stuff like that. This yeah, is just more badass version and of that. I think- Even going into the nineties, you have like you know, all country bands like the the Jaybirds and stuff. Right, but none kind of, of those dudes have a song that's good. Well, I oh, and, and the, the decade you skipped, the 80s, I think it had a heavy influence on like Mellencamp and Springsteen. You know, it's very, oh, it's very oh, Mellencamp for sure. For sure. <laughs> well, and in that sense, musically, it's a little Blind Melon-ish. I, I feel like this 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 hmm. has a little well, Blind of the Melon mandolin. probably I think, take a, I think because of the mandolin. I think they use that and a decent amount of songs. But yeah. no, there's, a, there's a common, it's like almost like archetypal. The sentiment is almost archetypal. Like it's the nostalgia, the what used to be, what is, like all that stuff. Like it's that rock and roll adolescence. What is and what should never be. What is and Jonathan. what, yeah, probably shouldn't have ever happened. <laughs> um, yeah. But, and so I think, it, but I think it's almost more archetypal in the, it's like, it's like Brown Eyed Girl is, has a similar sentiment. Anything that looks like the present and looking back it's very reflective like i said it's just it's very nostalgic this kind of reminded me of, of like an like zeppelin three like a lot of songs on yeah. zeppelin three no it's it is there it, it's not obviously quite that heavy but the same same vibe well but it, gallows pole and tangerine it's not even that slow actually it's a little more upbeat and fun but yeah it's, it's just <laughs> stuff like that the movie love story it's about this college couple yeah in like 1970 uh-huh and it's mm-hmm. just about it's about romance in the early 20s and, and relationships and to me that's what this song is this song is that era of someone's life it's very early 20s-ish and I think it's almost definitive because it's mature but it's also youthful and I think it, I think that it's everything even if you just watch a trailer for that film you know you'd see it's it's that yeah. vibe that's I, the film version I, I I feel that I mean love in the early 20s baby I dig it and, uh, in your early twenties, not the shit was boring in the twenties. Not you said you said love in the yeah. Early that's 20s. when I, I'm, I okay. Yes, in in your early in your early twenties, <laughs> the general your. And as we talk about love in our early twenties, <laughs> why don't we slide under the covers yeah. real quick and talk about, <laughs> <laughs> talk about some of the covers? I'm not so long. sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sit on the I'll sit um, on the chair. D- did y'all listen to it to any of them? Um, I did not. I mean, the only thing I had under covers was "Why Didn't You Pick Losing You." <laughs> Towards the end of researching the song and listening to it, I just kind of segued into "Losing You" and did a little "Losing You" deep dive. You're like I smoked a well, bowl and listened to "Losing You." Speaking of "Losing You," uh, on the album that this song is on, there's a not nearly as good version of the faces. Like he does a version of "Losing You" on the album that's not nearly as good as it's the faces. It's fine version. though. Like the I like the guitar work on the album version. Like you, you, yeah, you it's can fine. Hear, yeah, 
Um, but just since I'm the only one who listened to any of these, I would say they're, they're all pretty run-of-the-mill. Like Blur is probably the most famous band to have one. The Pogues mm. as well. Mm. Um, they're exactly what you would expect from those bands. Very British versions of this song. Uh, even though it's a, you know, he's a British guy and British musicians are playing on the original. <laughs> one of the best covers I saw was from this, uh, just a busker, I think, in London named Jared Ash. Nice. Doing just kind of no one, people just walking by, no one's That's listening. Perfect. And his vocals are very smoky. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like a smoky vocal. So yeah, shout out Jared Ash. Yeah. I would say if you're going to listen to a cover of this song, Hypno Music does kind of a house version of this song. It's, the only reason I would say that is because it's just they're doing something different with it. Whereas like there's another one that's like called by, by a band called Wet, Wet, oh Wet that's not great. And, and really any of the other ones I listen to are not great. But Hypno Music at least tries something different with the song. Which I, I feel like if you're going to listen to a cover of the song, you're missing the point of this song. Because this is <laughs> yes. just specifically about this performance of this song. But forget that when we cover it at the end. Well, I mean, no one's, they don't, you know, they're not seeking that out. <laughs> sure, sure. So in saying all that, oh, uh, Jonathan. Real quick, um, Under the Influence. Okay. It's it's another Rod Stewart song, and I sometimes get them confused that they're so similar. But um, You Wear It Well. Very similar structure, huh. but yeah, it has yeah, some yeah. great, yes, great lines in it. Um uh, yeah, yeah. It's I a like really song good a song. It's also nostalgic. It's it's a slightly different narrative, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um, it's also just a quintessential his vocal performance. That's, that's what well. he does. I mean, he's a, first and foremost he's a singer, yeah. right? Listen to "You Wear It Well" instead of some Maggie instead of some Maggie Mae covers. Like you'll you'll be happy you did. All right, so that's moves us into our final section, the shoe fitting portion of the evening. Jonathan, you picked the song, so I assume. The shoe fits. Yeah, it does. It fits like there's this picture of Rod Stewart in some really tiny thongy looking like turquoise underwear with this smoking hot model. <laughs> it's and he literally has some pubes sticking out of the top of his fucking low cut briefs. And yet it's freaking awesome. That's why he's the king of sleighs. Um but <laughs> it fits like a barefoot a semi-naked dude wearing a thong with a smoking hot chick beside him with a badass haircut. Okay. Okay. That, that kind of segues into my shoe fitting. I had the uh, the shoe fits, but the uh, the polyester slacks are a couple sizes too small. I'm not wearing any pants, Neil. <laughs> and then, actually, if you keep moving up, I wanted to talk about just in the video, and the, the, I think this was peak British mullet uh, long hair in the back, kind of short up front, calic on you top. You even said mullet. Mullet. Like, like, a, like <laughs> a good mod. You, like <laughs> a good little mod Moulet. you are. I, but dirty I think it was, I think mo- it was You peak, dirty little mod. It was peak that haircut. <laughs> and I must say, Ron Wood has just been committing to that for uh, 50 years. I mean, yeah. <laughs> why not? Like, look look where when it's, it's got perfect, me. why change? I, yeah, I, I can't tell if it's perfect or... The worst. It's perfect. Like it's fucking. Uh, yeah, no, no, it worked. It I worked. mean, that's it's all Ron counts. Wood. That's all that counts. It's Ron Wood, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna say it fits like a, it's like an old vintage boot that I bought because it looked cool. 
and I wore it a few times. Then I grew out of it and forgot about it. But I never threw it away because every time I looked at it, I was like, oh, I'll that, wear it again one day. Oh, that old boot Maggie Maggie. No, I was just laughing. You were reading that like you're in like seventh grade reading your book report. Like, uh, it feels like an old uh, boot that I found. And then it was a I, book report. It was a book report. It, it, on it, it, and then it, you like flip it over and you're like, it's like a bald wad of paper in your pocket. And you're like, it's like, yeah, I was just laughing at that. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> All right, and, and on that note, we are going to play you a version of Rod Stewart's number one hit from 1971, Maggie May. September and I really should be back at school You know I keep you amused But I feel I'm being used Oh Maggie I couldn't have tried anymore You led me away from home Just to save you from being alone you stole my heart, that's what really hurts The morning sun when it's in your face really shows your age That don't worry me, honey, my eyes are everything I laughed at all of your jokes, my love you didn't need I'd never seen your face 
first class fool out of me I was blind as a fool can be You stole my heart But I love you anyway cover you just heard was performed by Jonathan Horton. Thanks for listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you'd like to communicate with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Pod Gave Rock. Next week is Neil's week, so Neil, what will we be discussing? Um, we'll be talking about an actual smash hit, Blinding Lights by the Weekend. Can't wait! <laughs>